In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Ascenda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. But we don't only bring you thought leaders from around the world, but we also have listeners from around the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership rule issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. So you can find us all over the net. And I also invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net. And send me an email. Let me know what kind of subjects that you would like to hear on this podcast. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. And on to today's episode, which is absolutely amazing episode and one of my favorite subjects. Um, You know, we're going to talk about diversity again. And women are underrepresented in most global companies, particularly among senior leadership. And companies are missing out on opportunities because of this. Now, the pandemic also hit women employees more than men, with women having to return to the role of educators and traditional family roles as work moved from the office to the home. But the pandemic also put a new level of focus on how disproportionately certain disadvantaged groups were impacted. Now companies are trying to fix this problem, but very often in the wrong way. They often center their efforts solely on women. But this is not enough to bring material change. Such a narrow focus really labels gender diversity as a women-only issue instead of positioning it in a, as a broader topic that has a significant effect on overall company performance. It also often very excludes men. Our guest today helps companies and men focus on how they can be part of the solution of gender diversity and not the core of the problem. And I'd like to introduce our guest today, Ray Ray Atarta. Sorry, Ray. Okay. It's okay. It's 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 Arata. 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 Okay. Okay. I was trying to say it in the Italian way, but Arata. Okay. Um, Arata. Um, and he is the award-winning diversity. Um, equity and inclusion leader and speaker and a consultant and trainer with global clients from PwC to Verizon to Toyota to Bloomberg. He founded the Better Man Conference for the Development of Healthy Masculinity and Men as Allies and Partners. He was recognized by UN Women in 2016 as a He for She campaign for change and received the Ron Herring 2020 award. His new book, Showing Up, How Men Can Become Effective Allies in the Workplace is available on Amazon and a fantastic book. So, Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. When I hear people read that, I'm like, 
That's me. <laughs> I forget sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I read your book um, on the weekend, and I tell you it was amazing. So just, you know, tell me, tell, tell the audience a little bit about your story and what brought you to write this book. So there, there's two parts to the story. So the, the part one I'll characterize or contextualize as what I would call the wake-up call, which in 1999... Uh, when I was two months into the brand new house that my then wife and mother of my three children, we had just moved into, uh, I was a uh, financial consultant for retirement plans in Silicon Valley. And in the span of six weeks, I got the, I don't love you anymore speech. And one of my business partners uh, went from one firm to the other in the middle of the night, which was, I'll just put it lightly, uh, it was a form of betrayal, and I was not equipped to deal with uh, the one-two punch of a wake-up call of that magnitude. So after about six months of, of treading water, um, my manager in the financial services business of all places called me out on my behavior one day. And the way he did it got my attention because it was similar to what my wife had pointed to. And I went into his office and I actually said, thanks for calling me out. I said, I've heard this before. I need to do something. What should I do? And he said, close the door. And I sat down and he hands me a brochure. And I look at this thing and it says men's weekend. And I'll spare your audience the expletive. But I said, what the bleep is this? And he <laughs> smiled at me and he winked and he said, I can't tell you what goes on there, but it changed my life here. You can call my wife. So on trust, I decided to do this weekend. I flew to Houston, Texas, of all places, because there currently at that time wasn't uh, one in my area here in California. And just to net it out, you know, what I ended up participating in was uh, an initiation into healthy manhood, a non-denominational weekend experience that basically had me look at how the pained little boy in me was driving the adult bus and how it was impacting people I loved. And so it woke me up and it set me on this journey of what I would call emotional literacy and uh, all sorts of things like accountability and integrity and, and in, in the midst of my own redefining of what it meant to be a man in all my roles. And so as I started uh, participating in these weekends and leading these weekends and joining a men's group. And next thing I know, I'm having all these cups of coffee with all sorts of men or women that wanted me to talk to their men. And this went on for a while. I started doing some of this work in maximum security prisons. And then I met a diversity and inclusion consultant. So this is part two of the story. Um, she said, Ray, you really have something here. The men need to hear from you. You sound like them. You look like them. But first, I want you to go to a women's leadership event. And, and she said, just go and just listen. So, you know, here I am, you know, nine years into, the, into what I would call men's work, kind of this separate thing I was doing, but a major part of my life. And I went to this event and that, this was a man in the mirror moment for me because I finally realized that all those times my mom had been telling me, uh, what it was like for her as a girl, second born in an Italian family, mm. how her brother got all the rights, privileges and opportunities and she didn't because she was a girl. It made me think about my wife who was the oldest of seven in an Italian family here in San Francisco, uh, whose younger brother was at the helm of running the real estate business. And then my daughter was gonna be graduating with a degree in computer science from Duke. And I'm like, I guess somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to do something. And I realized that somebody was me. And as I was listening to a um, Mayor Ed Lee, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, of San Francisco, they had a, something called the Gender Equity Challenge. And there are all these companies participating. And I'm sitting there going, what about the men? What about the men? Mm. How come no one's talking about the men? Men like competition. And I went to raise my hand up, but I chickened out and right by the time I got enough guts to raise my hand to ask a question, they said no more questions. So when I left, that's when the idea to create the Better Man Conference had me reach out to several corporate friends and said, I've got this idea. I want to advance healthy masculinity into the leadership space. So I'll hit pause there because that gets us current and answers your question. Yeah. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, when I read the book, it's an amazing story. And you talk about, you know, this healthy masculinity. Do you think we kind of still have outdated 
um, notions of masculinity? Yes, we do. Um, it, it's evident everywhere, not just here in the U.S., but uh, across the globe, whether it's in London, Eastern Europe, Western Europe. And it, and if it's not healthy, it's it's toxic. And mm-hmm. so these these rules, these uh, these outda- outdated playbook of what it means to be a man has been handed down from father to son, from father to son. And society and everybody around us has perpetuated it up until recently. So here in the United States, uh, and I, I mentioned this in my book, that the Time's Up and Heat, Me Too, uh, COVID and Black Lives Matter movement all have come together to form a perfect storm that is shining light on the majority, men. And what I'm uh, you know, banging the drum on and inviting companies and men to consider is for so long, the, the minority, the bad apples have been controlling the narrative. And so Tony Porter, who, who uh, founded A Call to Men, has a TED Talk um, and that's worth a listen. And he, he talks about why is it that such a large group of men allows such a small group of men to control the narrative? So to me, it's divine timing without shame or blame to get men uh, and the organizations that they work for to get the men up to speed and and educate and, you know, help men become better allies and leaders so that companies can win the war on talent. That's 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 the end game. I mean, right now, companies want to remain competitive. They want to retain and attract. And if you got a bunch of guys who are, you know, subscribing to an outdated playbook, microaggressions occur, women leave, people of color don't get advanced and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, good point. And um, you you invite men. OK, in your book, you also talk about you can invite men to to look at, you know, why they should change uh, and ask themselves some questions. Um, what should they ask themselves? Well, I, I thought a lot about this because in my book, you know, when I wrote my first book, Wake Up, Man Up, Step Up, my book coach said, Imagine you're the reader, and what's the question that the reader is sitting in? So there's a section in my book called, Why Should I Change Now?, which is a fair question, which is a question that that men ask. And so I thought, you know what, I need to pose to them rhetorical questions that will make them think and then decide who they want to be. And so... You know, one of the questions is, you know, and I'll own transparently, I'm, I'm cornering them, but consciously cornering them. No. So one of the questions is, do I want to operate from an outdated and toxic playbook of what it means to be a man to the detriment of myself and others? You know, who, who would answer yes to that? Right. Do I want to be the man who stands by silently while women and traditionally excluded people are mar- marginalized? Am I aware that my silence communicates my complicity? Or do I want to be that guy that gives another guy a pass when he speaks down or makes a joke about women or marginalized groups? I mean, I could read the two more, but these questions force men to think and to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they are they are very good questions. And, you know, so as they're asking themselves, and we're going to talk about how we're getting men involved after the pause, but, you know, a quick question for you. You know, we have these outdated notions of masculinity and men are asking us questions. Is there such a thing as healthy masculinity? Absolutely. And that's what I'm attempting to bring into the conversation. And so I created the six principles of heart-based leadership as cornerstones, if you will, for for men as leaders. And, and women can use these too, but for your listeners, one of them is emotional literacy, being aware of your emotions and how they play into all of this. Two is vulnerability. Three is authenticity. Four is accountability. Five of, is, is inclusivity. And six is love. And I use the word love unabashedly because when I see, hear, respect, or acknowledge somebody else, or I'm at the affect of that, to me, that's love. And to sound trite, love is what makes the world go round. So those so that's what I'm trying to advance in the world. It's it's tremendously human and it's totally needed. Yeah. And and I'd like to I'd like to revisit those um, five. We're going to we're going to take a short break now. 
and um, really fatness, fascinating story. And, and, you know, thank you for your contribution to this. And that's what, what I say as a, you know, spending 25 years as a, one of the only female CEOs in, in my corporation. So um, for our listeners, we are talking with Ray Arta. Ray, I'm having this, I'm having a moment. Arata, okay. okay, okay, I keep going. Arata, okay. There you go. Um, uh, um, and he is a diversity, equity, and inclusion leader and speaker, consultant, and trainer with global clients from PwC to Verizon to Toyota to Bloomberg. Uh, he founded the Better Man Conference for the development of healthy masculinity and men as allies and partners. His new book is showing up how men can become effective allies in the workplace. And uh, Ray, the Better Man Conference, um, you've just announced that there's going to be one in New York City on June 2nd. And you can book that on showingupbook.com. Is that correct? Actually, uh, if people want to buy the book, by virtue of going to showingupbook.com, there's instructions there upon buying the book to register and they will receive a free virtual ticket to the better man conference we are going to be doing both a live and streaming component to the to the conference on june 2nd it'll be nine o'clock uh a.m eastern standard time and so uh, and then in, in san francisco in the first week of november so for you right now it's, it's about the book and get the bonus ticket and i'll be set to go Right. And they can get more information on your website also, That's correct. which is uh, rayarata.com. And also on Facebook under Better Man Movement is on Facebook. And um, on LinkedIn, you have the Better Man Movement also on LinkedIn, correct? Exactly. Like- if they want to sign up for our newsletter, they can go to bettermanconference.com. That'll keep them informed. We send out blogs and announcements and it's just a good way to be part of the community. Okay, great. And with that, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about, you know, those those five parameters and talk a little bit about what you talk in the book about Ali's journey mm-hmm. and um, the steps. So we'll, we'll kind of talk about that when we get back. And uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Not enough women are talking about how they feel about their money. Lisa Chastain is on a mission to change that. If you're feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money, Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become capable, savvy, and confident with your personal finances. Listen in and hear stories from other women about how they tackled their financial challenges. Not only will you learn from industry experts, you will hear from everyday women all of the tips, tricks, and advice you need to raise your financial IQ so that you can feel free from your daily stresses with money. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are talking with Ray Arata. And he is an award-winning diversity, equity, and inclusion leader and speaker, consultant, and trainer. 
And he has global clients from all over the world, from PwC to Toyota to Bloomberg. And he founded the Better Man's Conference for the Development of Healthy Masculinity and Men as Allies and Partners for Gender Diversity. And his new book is called Showing Up, How Men Can Become Effective Allies in the Workplace. And Ray, um, before the break, we heard your story, which was amazing, okay? And um, yeah, I read your book, which is also amazing. And I recommend it to our listeners. But I want to, I want to go into it a little bit more, okay? You, you, you touched on before the break, heart-based leadership, okay? Um, and kind of five parameters around that. But you also, in the book, you talk about Ali's journey and the four steps that that um, need to be taken to start down this journey. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so the, the framework that we uh, affectionately refer to as the Allies journey um, is drives our conference, it drives me as a person, it drives my keynotes and it's, it's in the book. And these four steps are available to anyone seeking to be an ally to anybody. And so we, we realized that when we, even though we created it for men. So the, the four steps in this order are, and I'll, in, in dude talk, I refer to it as acknowledge your stuff, which basically means acknowledge your biases, your privilege, these things called your emotions, and this thing called the man box, which is those set of unwritten rules that have historically driven men's behavior about what it means to be a man. So that first step we contextualize as awareness. The second step is a biggie, and it's called listen with empathy and compassion. And this opens up the door for presencing the lived experiences of others. Why is that important? Because if if men are, if it's brought to their attention that women or marginalized folk are having experiences right around them, then usually any man will say, I had no idea and what can I do? Which is what, which is indicative of them being capable of having empathy, which is really, really important. It's also important that, you know, and this is us guys have to play catch up, having empathy for our, our, ourselves, and, you know, being an ally and being an inclusionary leader, we're going to make mistakes. So it's important that we're able to forgive our mistake, mistake ourselves for our mistakes and keep going. Third step is take responsibility for the impact of my biases and unchecked, unexamined privilege and when necessary to clean things up. That step is contextualized as accountability, and it opens up the door for all of us to explore intention versus impact, as in, if someone brought to my attention that what I said or did landed in the form of a microaggression on them, the last thing they want to hear is me saying, I didn't mean it, I intended to, which is the equivalent to me centering myself and and invalidating their experience. This also makes the makes it possible for us to look at what cleanup conversations look like and last but not least committing to new behaviors and actions that's where the rubber meets the road so those are the four steps and with respect to the heart-based leadership principles i offer my readers and my clients to to utilize the six heart-based leadership principles as cornerstones because they'll repeatedly show up as one is going through this journey whether it's emotional literacy or vulnerability or authenticity or inclusivity or accountability or love. So they're all, they're all going to continuously showing up. So I'll stop right there because that, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it answers my question, but when I, when I look at this, uh, it, this is a journey and, and yes. you really are starting with um, acknowledging one's biases and privilege and we all have unconscious biases. So, I mean, is that kind of hard to uncover um, uh, when you're when you're working with groups or men or, or you know um, to get out of that box that bias that you may have this you know vision of masculinity which is passed down um, that seems like for me would be the hardest first step. So the answer uh, is no, it's not hard, oh. and the and the reason is is because. You know, 
I've I've amassed somewhere near fifteen thousand hours of working with men. And one of the things I've learned about learned about myself and men is is underneath all the bravado, um, all of us guys have beating hearts just like any other human being. And when somebody goes first and uses vulnerability, and oftentimes that's me, it opens up the door for other men to get real. You know, just because these these man box rules have been out there, this outdated playbook of what it means to be a man is out there, doesn't mean men like it. We just haven't been trained or 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 confronted in a good way to consider a different way. And the best door opener is for someone to show them the way. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, I've done this in maximum security prisons, men's weekends, and in corporate audiences, and it's the same all the way through. Okay, good. Well, that's 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 a positive note and something good to know. And um, looking looking at these steps in this journey, I, I'm going to come back to something that you know I was reading some articles, getting ready for the preparation for talking to you, and. Um, I didn't even realize really uh, that how much of a step back we did or maybe how much of a focus happened when the pandemic came, because it seems like during the pandemic, um, you know, uh, most of the jobs lost were women. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, how has this affected this whole movement you're doing? You know, did we kind of, was it a refocus or did we take a step backwards? What happened there? I don't think we took a step back. And what you're referring to is what we call here in the United States, the she session. You know, most of the jobs lost were um, by women. And I personally believe that the pandemic just backed men even more into a corner and forced them to deal. And, and I'll give you an example. So when the pandemic hit, I was on a Zoom call with my partners, which at that time were three other men and one woman. And I'm looking through the Zoom screen and I could just feel and see the heaviness. And I said, can we just get really friggin' real here? I wanna hear what's going on for everybody. And everyone just kind of emotionally got honest. And you could feel the release in the call. And it occurred to me, getting real in a time like this is exactly what is needed. And I said, if we just did this, I wonder how many other men and women out there need to do this. So I came up with this idea and we created the Getting Real series, which once, you know, once a Friday, um, we, we I reached out to some corporate uh, guys and I said, hey, you know, I imagine that this is um, really challenging and command and control might be real tempting right now. All you know, all the all the triggering uh, uh, behaviors that men step into. And one of the emails I got back, this guy said he, he he's at Oracle. He was like, "Oh my God, bro, command and control. It's exactly what I did at home." And I yelled at my kids. I've been I've been crying about it ever since. And this is this is a a, a great man. And I reached out to a couple of there, and they're like, "Yeah, let's do it." We had 150 people show up on that first call. Wow. And so. To me, I, as uncomfortable as it was, I used it as a door opener. Like, okay, you know, everyone's in pain. You want to stay in pain or do you want to move through it? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I don't think it sent us back now. What it also did is it, it forced men to reexamine their roles at home as well. And everyone's learned a ton since then. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. No, I mean that that's interesting. And and so, you know, we've gone through a lot, okay? And you're and this is uh going on now and we're kind of getting back to the new normal and you've got this program going. So, how do you get men on board? So, one one man at a time. <laughs> and <laughs> um when I got started talking to a lot of women's uh, employee resource groups and they were all fascinated by the work I was doing, but they'd go back into their companies and hit the wall of men and nothing would happen. So I've course corrected in the last couple of years. So whether I'm talking to a diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, professional or a woman's ERG, I'll say, okay, there's got to be one guy in your org who gets it and wants to be supportive. I need to talk to him because it needs to come from him to the other men. 
Otherwise, it's going to be conveniently kept at the ERG level or even in a diversity department. And so it's a it's a it's pulling the right lever, getting a man with position and power and influence to get on board. So so that that's a technique that I use inside companies. Um, and so far as you know, what I can do, you know, that's why I created the Better Man Conference to create that place for men to come and uh, self-examine and learn and be better allies and leaders. And then I utilize influencers, whether it's you know Sheryl Sandberg or Jennifer Siebel Newsom or Justin Baldoni, the actor, all of these and film film filmmaker, whatever I need to do uh, without shame or blame to activate men, I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what? And uh, I want to come to DEI programs in a minute because I have some questions on that. But first, so when you're when you're when you're going into these companies, what are you hearing from the the senior leadership, um, the men that are in senior leadership about this? Are they are they do they see the need? Are they welcoming it? What's the well, pulse? I think what's best to to share is the result of lots of conversations with men and lots of conversations with DEI leaders that had me, and this is in the book as well, categorize the five states of men that exist in most organizations, because this, this, this helps us understand who they are and how we meet them where they are. So there's, there's a group of men that feel threatened by diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives because it threatens their job, underscore the word there because that's their unexamined privilege in action. Second, there's a group of men that don't feel included as part of DEI efforts, and they are the ones that language. There's an ERG for LGBTQIA for women, but what about us? There's a huge group that are afraid to say or do the wrong thing, so they stand silent. There's a fourth group that want to do the the right things, but they don't know what to do. And there's a the small group of the advocates. They're the ones that are already doing this. And so when companies, you know, consider, you know, what are we going to do? I bring to their attention that we need to be cognizant of those categories. Okay. And um, we're gonna, I'd like to visit those categories and talk about them a little bit more after the break. But we're going to take a short break. And Ray, uh, first, uh, just you have the uh, Better Man Conference coming up in New York City on June 2nd, right? Yes. And you can sign up for that on showinguppbook.com. Would you like to say something about that? Yeah, uh, just just uh, showinguppbook.com is where your listeners can purchase the book. And there are instructions on how to register to receive a bonus virtual ticket to attend the conference. If any of your listeners are DEI leads, um, they can send me an email at ray at bettermanconference.com because one of the practices that happens is companies often send delegations of individuals to the conference live or to attend virtually. And we, I have a sponsor packet that I can send out. So there's a lot of you know, goodies um, and benefits that support companies' internal initiatives uh, to engage men. So they can reach out to me for that. Otherwise, they can just sign up at bettermanconference.com for our newsletter. Great. And I'll keep them informed. Okay, and for, for great. And so for our listeners, we're talking to Ray Arata, and he's award-winning diversity and equity inclusion leader, speaker, consultant, and trainer. And he is the author of the new book that just came out, Showing Up, How Men Can Become Effective Allies in the Workplace. And, and the book is great. I urge our listeners to get the book. It is on Amazon. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's largest growing nonprofit associations, holding trainings, conferences, market research, and legislative white papers, focused primarily on digital. And they are having their next conference in May in Mallorca, Spain. And if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Not enough women are talking about how they feel about their money. Lisa Chastain is on a mission to change that. If you're feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money, Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become capable, savvy, and confident with your personal finances. Listen in and hear stories from other women about how they tackled their financial challenges. Not only will you learn from industry experts, you will hear from everyday women all of the tips, tricks, and advice you need to raise your financial IQ so that you can feel free from your daily stresses with money. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we are talking with Ray Arata, and he is an award-winning diversity, equity, and inclusion leader, speaker, consultant, and trainer with global clients from TWC to Bloomberg. He also is the founder of the Better Man Conference for the Development of Healthy Masculinity. And he is also the author of the book, Showing Up, How Men Can Become Effective Allies in the Workplace. So, Ray, um, before we... Before the break, we talked about DEI programs, okay, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs for our listeners. And um, you very curiously, it was you say there's five different groups of men, okay, um, and one of you know one of them is men who are threatened by DEI because they think, okay, it's going to take my job away. It only focuses on women. Um, how, how do you overcome this? I mean, uh, you know, are we doing something, are we as organizations doing something wrong with DEI be, be, uh, that uh, are making men feel threatened or how can we address this issue? Well, the first thing is, is um, DEI departments aren't doing anything wrong. And it's important to understand that when you hear this articulated by men to really get behind what they're saying and to be curious. Now, I could tell you that when uh, my friend Michael Kimmel said, privilege is invisible to those who have it. When a man thinks that it's his God-given right, that it's his job, my job, that it threatens my job, to me, and based on my experience, that's their unexamined privilege right there in front of me. Now, how I approach that is more coming from a place of curiosity. I recognize that men can either be laggards, learners, or leaders. And in general, I focus on the learners and the leaders. However, um, I've had some success in seeking to understand why men feel that way. And one of the things I talk about in my book and when I do workshops is listening from the head versus listening from the heart. And so I have to practice what I preach when I seek to understand um, how they're feeling and then see if they're open to being uh, educated about their privilege and that privilege is not a bad word that it that it's it's human to have advantages which if i do that correctly some of these men may flip and say wow i didn't realize that um and they get less defensive and they may make a choice to use their privilege for good and some might not so that's with that particular uh state of mind of men that it's a bit nuanced but that's how i approach it 
Mm-hmm. And and so when we go when we say okay we're doing DEI and it's quite correct, how can we get men more included in these programs for organizations listening to us? Well, that has to come from the the, the senior leaders. It has to come from the top. In that, the CEO needs to make this important and to fundamentally recognize that. If, for example, the majority of leadership positions are held by men, and if you want the middle managers to emulate behavior that they see, and you have a lot of men in control, I advise companies to put attention and intention on their men so that these men can become better allies and leaders and walk the talk. And so, you know, that's like, for example, I'm doing a training in a month for a high tech company, and they're putting 30 of their male leaders through a cohort training, and then they're going to have me do a a, a company-wide training, and I will implant or insert a couple of those leaders that will have gone through the training to tell their story, to share their humanness, to talk about the mistakes they made, so that the other men and everybody else in the company can see this, and that's, that's the best way to go about doing this. Mm-hmm. And you talk about, you know, when you're when you're training those men, you talk about these these drivers of behavior. So what, what do you mean by that? Is this language? Is this, um, uh, you know, body language, talk? What are some of the drivers of behavior that that maybe need to shift? Well, so some of the rules, uh, the unwritten rules of what it means to be a man are things like don't show emotion. Men make all the decisions. Uh, men are heterosexual, uh, men uh, play sports. I mean, there's there's a list of these unwritten rules of what it means to be a man. And if gone, if unexamined, um, men are just going to keep doing what they're doing. And I, I talk about this in the book that, you know, if we're not feeling the pain of exclusion, then it's out of sight, out of mind for us. And so The big ask I have of men is don't wait until you mess up. Don't wait until your company forces you to do a training. Get interested in how you're being experienced by other people around you and ask yourself, what kind of leader or ally do you want to be? And if they heed my advice and they put themselves on the road to becoming an ally and leader, they will introspectively examine what has been driving their language and their behavior, and they'll start to wake up. Mm-hmm. And little things like being in a meeting, if if you're a leader and you're noticing the domination of the men in the conversation, and there's a woman at the end of the table, you might say, hey, Kimberly, um, what do you have to say? Or, hey, John, hold on a second. And you'll, you'll start to rewrite the narrative as opposed to just perpetuating the narrative that's gone on for so long that I'm sure, Kimberly, you have lots of experience in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good point in these behaviors. And and I, I'm going to come back to something that you said, because you said also about experiencing um, emotions or, or experiencing what's going around. In your book, you talk about that men need to learn core feelings okay and can you talk about that a little bit yes and so uh on the on when i did my men's weekend and then the subsequent 55 weekends that i've participated (laughs) in there's a very important uh i'll call it a mini class that happens on the weekend and we call it intro to feelings and what we basically introduce to men is like listen there's this vast area of real estate below your chin called your body And your emotions reside in your body. And we say, here are the five core emotions. There's there's kissing cousins to them, but be that as it may, the five core feelings to learn are anger, sadness, joy, fear, and shame. Because most men, when I ask them, you know, what's the one permissible emotion? At least three of the guys in the room will say anger. Mm -hmm. And, And what's true for most men is we were never shown how to feel or experience the other emotions. So we take them through an exercise, and I do this in the book, to locate, you know, think of the last time you were sad or afraid or shame or or angry, and where is it in your body? Most guys, without thinking, they'll put their hand on their stomach or on their chest. And then if we start asking them to put sounds to that, 
they'll start to experience these emotions. And it's about this point where your your male listeners might be wondering, what the hell do my emotions have to do with being an ally leader? And the answer is a lot. So, for example, someone comes to you and says you you screwed up and you said something. A lot of men will will go into shame, and then we go into shutdown. Or as I mentioned in those five states of men, a lot of men are afraid to say or do the the right or wrong thing, and so they don't do anything. That's not what we're looking for. So when I am able to successfully have men understand fear, breathe into fear, but not let it paralyze you. Um, the narrative can change. And it's the same with the rest of the emotions. So that's why emotional literacy is so important. And that's why I list it as the first heart-based leadership principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it, it it makes a sense because if you, I mean, I think I've read studies too that, you know, boys um, cry the same as girls up to like the age of 10. And then, you know, they're taught to put their emotions in the box. And, um, and what you're saying here is, you know, refine those, revisit those, because we all have those emotions, regardless if you're male or female. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and there's there's a there's there's a there's a saying. It was in a movie, but it's it's in the personal growth world. Is you may be done with your past, but your past not done with you. Yeah. And 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 so you know, walking around becoming an emotionally living, literate being is going to just change your life not just women not just men but women as well and so you know i often get asked you know why should i do this you know and i'm like well ask your wife ask your daughter ask your female colleagues look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself is your current playbook your bag of tricks working for you do you have intimacy uh and and freedom and less anxiety in your life usually the answers are no yeah yeah, that's a good point. And um, we're getting towards the end of our show, Ray, but I want to, one of the things you suggest in your book is that um, men speak to women and understand kind of power and position experiences. Um, why is that so important? Because it, it's it's an opportunity to listen about to the experiences of other people. Like I mentioned earlier in our, in the show, about empathy. So when I invite men to go do that, it's one of those things that should they be open to hearing uh, the feedback and and what's true, then they can make a conscious choice that, hey, do I want to keep acting this way or not? And then the other thing is with respect to power, power differential, a lot of men don't realize um, that if, 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 especially if they're in a hierarchical position, they don't know what it's like to be the woman who might be thinking, if, if this guy just put a move on me or or asked me out, you know, what happens if I say no? Mm. What happens if I say yes? So by the very, just by that alone, if men are understanding that there's no getting around the power differential, the number one piece of advice I say is there's a lot of other fish and a lot of other seas don't put the women in that position because it's lose lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, important. So uh, the book, uh, as I said, I read the book, um, and uh, we have a we have a lot of listeners out there, um, and I got a lot out of your book as a woman. But just from your perspective, um, why why should men, you know, pick what can they get out of your book and what can they get out of your seminars? So so what men. They'll, 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 what they'll get out of the book is what they put into the book. That's really important to, 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 to note because the, the book is a roadmap with, with stories and exercises. Um, on the other side of this book, there'll be a better man in the context of being a leader, being a parent, being a partner, being a colleague, because they will have moved themselves into the 1% club and, and as opposed to staying on the sidelines. And their relationships will be enriched. Their, their, their sense of self and legacy will increase. And uh, their ability to move through their organization is going to go up. So that's just my own personal opinion. Um, the, uh, and a book is one thing. Doing work in a, in a 
in a in a in a workshop or coming to the conference or something altogether different. So the book is a good place to start, but ultimately what guys tend to want to do is to isolate and go at it alone. When you start doing work with other men, little miracles start to happen. You realize you're not alone. And that and that and that you get to have this exercise of practicing your own vulnerability. So it's like a it's like a laboratory so that they can go out in life and bring and and integrate these concepts into their whole being. Mm -hmm. Now, with respect to um, women, when I wrote the book, I wrote it to three constituencies. I wrote it for men. I wrote it for the individuals in leadership positions that are in sitting the question, how do we engage the men? But I also wrote the book for women and people that identify from often marginalized groups because those folk want to be supported and they want to support. So I did as best I could to include, you know, women and, and other groups so that they could learn. And, you know, the allies journey that, that they get to use that gratis for their own allies journey. But be that as it may, there's some messaging in here that give men this idea or give people, women and other folks this idea of what's possible. Mm -hmm. And I can say that because I read it and um, I definitely re recommend it to everybody. And uh, for our listeners, we have been talking with Ray Arata, and he's the award-winning diversity, equity, and inclusion leader, speaker, consultant, and trainer. Um, Ray, it's been a great discussion. You're the author of Showing Up, How Men Can Become Effective Allies in the Workplace. That's the book we're talking about. Um, please go get the book. It is on Amazon. And Ray, just a quick word. You are having your next uh, live Better Man conference in New York City on June 2nd. And you can get tickets by going showingupbook.com. Um, you can also learn more about that on your website, rayarata.com, and on Facebook under Better Man Movement, on, and also on LinkedIn under Better Man Movement. So, Ray, fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for being an advocate for this. Um, I'm, it's appreciated from many organizations. I appreciate it myself and I'm sure from many women and many men alike. So thank you. You're very welcome. I just realized, you know, there, there's a, a possibility that we may be doing a virtual EMEA Better Man conference. So for any of your listeners, if the sound of that is intriguing, uh, reach out to me. Uh, I've got a couple of large companies uh, looking at the idea of bringing that into existence this year. And we've done it before, so I, I forgot. But thank you so much for having me here, uh, for your interest in, and uh, the opportunity to come and, and share what I'm doing. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and please do. Uh, for all of us here in EMEA, reach out today. Um, Ray Arata on it's www.rayarata.com. And with that, thank you for listening. This broadcast has also been brought to you by CINDA, Europe's largest nonprofit organization for supporting small and medium businesses in digital. And you can learn more about CINDA on www.cinda.org. And with that, please tune in again to us next week. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.